Hey everyone, if you know me, you know that I've been investing in precious metals for many, many years. Once I realized that private banking cartels could drastically manipulate currencies, putting my family savings in jeopardy, I decided to take matters into my own hand and diversify our savings strategy. This is why I buy physical silver and gold and invest in metals through our Roth and 401k. And I only invest with Colonial Metals Group. CMG is the exclusive sponsor of The Shannon Joy Show, and they're helping me set up a safe and secure self-directed IRA where I have access to my assets no matter what the stock market or, for that matter, the government is doing. Let the team of experts at Colonial help you protect your family's future with an extra special offer just for the SJ audience. Click on the link in the description below or call 888-705-0950. That's 888-705-0950 and you'll be eligible to receive a free safe and up to $10,000 in free silver just for the SJ audience. Join me today and take back your power. Secure your wealth with Colonial Metals Group. Hello, world, and welcome to the Shannon Joy Show. We're broadcasting from the Joy Virtual Studio right here in the beautiful Finger Lakes region of New York State. Bear with us tonight. Tech difficulties, as far as the eye can see. I'm not really great at tech, but I'm going to do the best I can. Hopefully, Owen, we will muddle through this show, and we'll be able to get the entire interview of the amazing Dr. Pierre Corey, who is in the Joy Virtual Studio for the very first time, which I am so, so excited about. But Owen Stevens, how are you doing today in the producer's box? Oh man, I'm doing great. I love this particular book, The War on Ivermectin. I cannot wait to get into all of it. Dr. Corey, happy to have you on. Absolutely. And I promise not to push any buttons because the tech difficulties with my computer, so I'm pushing zero buttons. And hopefully this is just going to go off without a hitch. Dr. Pierre Corey, I cannot believe it has been so long. I have been a fan of yours. I have used your work. I cannot even recall how many times I sent people to flccc.net for the COVID-19 protocols, for detox protocols. You were doing such amazing work. We used you extensively on the Shannon Joy Show in the dark days of COVID-19, 2020, 21. You are a warrior for freedom. You are a warrior for truth. And I am just honored to have you in the studio tonight. How are you? Oh, Shannon, it's a really nice introduction. And it's great to finally meet you. And I've followed your work a little bit. And I appreciate the support, everything you're doing. Well, we have a lot to get to tonight. We're going to cover, obviously, the war on ivermectin. This is the book that you recently put out, uh, essentially a wonder drug. But, you know, the the benefits of ivermectin, but also using what you've learned as a case study in the biopharmaceutical war against safe, effective, and cheap off-label drugs. Ivermectin is really just the highest profile, but people can glean a lot of understanding about how this industry works, you have likened them, in a sense, even to a criminal cartel. And so we're going to get into that a little bit later in the program. Also, uh, new data coming out regarding the skyrocketing all-cause mortality. We have one of our colleagues, Dr. Peter McCullough, in this battle, recently tweeting out that as many as five to 600,000 people have died post-vaccine, and the numbers are absolutely staggering. So we are going to get to that. But first, I want to just hit a little bit of the news of the day. All weekend long, Dr. Corey, we have seen reports coming out 
um, from whistleblowers at TSA and also Border Patrol that we might be moving into another lockdown scenario, another force masking, force vaccination scenario. We're getting word from whistleblowers within the Biden administration. People are really freaking out about this. Have you heard these rumors and, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm seeing the chatter. I'm seeing the activity. You can see the the media being cranked up, yeah. uh, messaging, you know, uh, sorry to get so cynical and dark, but I, I mean, it's literally all propaganda. And mm. I think what's behind it is that my sense is that our government wants another state of emergency. Yeah. They're trying to whip up the fear so they can get those powers back. And who knows what they're going to do with them? You know, mandate, who knows? Uh, more vaccines. I, I, you know, the, the one thing I want to say about that is, Again, from my world and the people I interact with, like you, um, mm -hmm. very, uh, at this point, extremely educated, very knowledgeable, aware of what's really happening in society. I hope the numbers of people like that are so high that they can't pull this stuff anymore. I don't think the American, I, I hope the American people are not going to put up with this. I mean, we, we, we can't go under this totalitarian COVID regime uh, where, where they literally, you know, have damaged the economy, our lives, our health, our mental health, the IQs of children with these masks and lockdowns. And I mean, I would hope that we as a country, as a population, have learned the harms of letting our government get those powers and tell us how to manage our lives with a virus that's around. By the way, COVID is essentially a severe cold. Right. And Eris has not changed that. So yeah. when you see all this craziness, this cranking up, you have to stop and ask yourself, why are they doing this over a cold? Okay, so it's transmissible. A lot of people are going to get colds. But that doesn't mean we need to up upend our lives. Mm. Well, and it, that's the big question. Clearly, there is more opposition to lockdowns, force masking, and force vaccine than there was three years ago in 2020. The question is, are there enough people? And in what ways are they going to ramp this up? I think it's going to be actually a very important experiment to consider. When you consider, Dr. Corey, that the uptake of COVID-19 vaccines at this point is in the single digits. They cannot get people to take the vaccines it, you know, it really is. I think a lot of us were very disappointed in 2020. We saw how few people stood up against the absurd, uh, you know, regulations and the uh, absurd mandates. But now the, you know, the question is, are we there? Are there enough of us? And I really think it's going to balance on a pin and it's going to depend on voices like yours and other voices in the medical freedom community reminding everyone never again, we cannot go into a lockdown situation again. I like your points. You know, when you look at the media, you're not hearing the voices of those people, but you're, you just pointed out you are seeing the actions of the average American, which is they're not showing up for their COVID shots. Right. No matter how much, you know, fear and, and mania they want to they, they, they want to generate. But you also bring up another point, which is. And, you know. I'm finding, so Brett Weinstein told me this phrase that he said, you know, every time I think I'm being too cynical, I'm actually being naive. You know, I'm mm. always still naive, but here's a not so terribly cynical thought, but you bring up the, the, the lack of uptake in these vaccines. And now you're seeing this fear campaign where they're telling, I mean, at the end of all of those stories, 
get vaccinated, you know, for RSV, flu, COVID. They are literally, you could think of this as a marketing campaign to sell their wares. I mean, plain and simple, that's how I see it. They, they're seeing that no one's taking the vaccines. So this is all about marketing. using. Yeah. Well, and you really understand uh, the, phar- the biopharmaceutical industry in context of your work uh, studying ivermectin and and understanding really what we saw in 2021 was an all-out assault on a very safe, very effective drug that people could cheaply acquire and would have worked wonders in terms of saving lives during COVID-19. But from every angle, you got shut down. Can you tell us about, let's start with ivermectin because it is more and more studies are coming out. It is uh, seeming to be not only helpful in treating uh, long COVID, COVID-19, and even um, COVID-19 vaccine injury. There are other health benefits that I'm beginning to see as more and more yeah. medical doctors are looking into this as an alternative. So l- let's talk about your story and no. how, you know, 2020 never imagined you'd be in this situation, uh, but it was really your, as a, as a medical physician, seeing the suppression of ivermectin that opened your eyes to what was really going on. And then you just went in and did a deep dive. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in it? And then let's yeah. talk about the ivermectin. Yeah. So you make a couple of key points because I, you know, I have to humbly admit, you know, where I was intellectually, politically, ideologically, when, when COVID started, um, you know, I had so much to learn. And you talked about the study of the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, at that time, I mean, I knew big pharma was bad. I knew they did bad stuff. But, you know, the kind of stuff that I thought they were doing that was troubling me was that they were like, you know, giving free pens and trips and dinners to doctors. And it was all like on the periphery, just marketing stuff, you know, and influencing doctors. I I had no idea the scope, the scale, and the depth. And and also, that's another topic I've been expert on in these last three years because ivermectin forced me. But I have studied the history of the pharmaceutical industry and their actions. But in terms of ivermectin, you know, all we were doing from the time COVID came is we were studying therapeutics, trying to put together protocols. And we didn't have ivermectin on our first protocol. It was only it wasn't until October of 2020 where the first trials of a number of therapeutics that had been used, you know, attempted to use, they started coming in and almost everything was negative. They weren't showing positive benefits. Hydroxychloroquine was failing. And I'm going to use air quotes there because uh, what we, what I had to later learn was that was also very, that was also fraudulent. You know, the, the mm-hmm. I wrote the book, The War on Ivermectin, but my colleagues like Peter McCullough, he could re, he could write the book, The War on Hydroxychloroquine. It's the same yeah. war, same tactics, but I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't volunteer for everything that happened to me. I literally, you know, we put it on our protocol. I became deeply researched on it. I wrote the first comprehensive review paper of all the data on it in COVID. And it was overwhelming. I'd never seen a medicine with that much positive data. And we had health ministry data, epidemiologic data from regions in Peru, which were literally obliterating hospitalizations and deaths. And so, you know, I, I bring it out. And I had the opportunity to give that testimony for Ron Johnson. And, you know, that testimony went viral. And suddenly Ivermectin was, you know, on the lips of many Every, people in the world yeah. started getting discussed. And yeah. that's when my life changed and mm. not for the better. Um, I will tell you the first action in the war uh, was within two days of that testimony, I was asked for an interview by the Associated Press. And me and the team at the FLCCC, we were so excited. We're like, this is yeah. great. 
we're going to get this information out. Because remember, it was winter 2020, 2021. They, that was the biggest death rates and hospitalization rates in, in the pandemic. I mean, it was really bad that winter. Yes, I, I will never forget that. Yeah. and I'll never forget that. The Associated Press, I have an interview. I talked to the reporter, 20 minutes. I'm burying her in data, all the stuff showing how well it works. And a day later, the article comes out, and it's a complete hit job. I mean, it's it, it leaves out everything I told her. It just lumps it in with hydroxychloroquine as another medicine to debunk. And then they mm. start talking about a couple who who uh, I think died or got really sick because they used chloroquine from a fish cleaner. Like I had not that that was literally the article they wrote on ivermectin two days after my testimony. And, and so there there was my first kind of sense that, gee, something's wrong here. This is weird. This isn't how it's supposed to go. Right. You know, not that I thought there would be a ticker tape parade for our information, but I thought. Well, it that shows it shows a certain level of collusion. It, it shows um, deception and a manipulation of you know basic facts on behalf of who or what was it the government at the time was it the pharmaceutical industry wielding um you know their influence we know that Pfizer is is likely one of the largest advertisers in in the United States of America whether it's network television radio um and you know even some of the the legacy news media outlets yeah. So what do you think it was? Do you think so, so that that's exactly right. So what what we were starting to learn was happening and it, it still took me weeks and maybe a couple months before I was really convinced that we were in a war and we were up against all of those forces you mentioned but you know what we didn't realize at the time is that we were publicly advocating for a treatment that's off patent cost pennies, manufacturers all over the world, widely available, one of the safest medicines in history. And what we were doing is we were threatening markets nearing $100 billion. So you had the opening market for all of the vaccines, right? The EUA that they all depended on would be threatened if ivermectin was found and recommended as an effective treatment. So we were literally threatening the entire global vaccination campaign. So that's no small feat, by the way. Hundreds (laughs) of billions of dollars, right? And so the audience can remember, let's just remind the audience, a condition of an EUA, so it's an emergency use authorization, is that there is no other safe, reliable, effective treatment available. So the only way that they could get the COVID vaccines approved under the EUA was to prove that there were no other effective treatments anywhere. And that's how, so if you had protocols with using ivermectin, if you had hydroxychloroquine um, being shown to be effective, then that basically puts the kibosh on a hundreds of billions of dollars in profit that these pharmaceutical giants that are larger than some small countries in terms of their their um you know net you know cash flow each year and so that's what you were threatening thanks for listening to the Shannon Joy show we'll be right back as you all know the joy family is super sporty we all play volleyball the kids are playing beach volleyball in the summer, high school volleyball in the fall. And right now we are 
traveling across the country almost every weekend, different city every weekend, playing club volleyball. And uh, the kids need good nutrition. Very difficult to be healthy on the road. Sometimes they're playing, you know, up to five games a day, 10 games in a weekend. And they need the vitamins and minerals. They need the nutrition. And I'm so thrilled to partner up with Field of Greens so that they can get all of the vitamins and the nutrients and the nutrition that they need to supplement their regular diet and keep them full of energy and healthy on the court. Also, healing after these long tournaments is really important. And the product line over at Field of Greens is fantastic. It is an easy way to make sure that your family is getting the nutrients that they need all natural every single day. Go to fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And plug in the promo code Shannon. You can check out their whole lineup of products. And if you put in that promo code Shannon, you'll get 15% off your order. So we're super excited to partner up with them and looking forward to a super healthy, super healthy 2023. Yeah, and and so we threatened, you know, this is all a little bit in hindsight, but you know, our advocacy literally was putting us, pitting us against not only the entire global vaccination campaign, but also uh, the emerging new patented pharmaceuticals for COVID, like Paxlovid, Molnupiravir, Remdesivir, uh, monoclonal antibodies. I mean, we're literally going up against the entire global pharmaceutical industry. And like, you know, so when when, when stuff started happening and it was Little getting- Little old you, you probably never thought. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like, yeah. you know, I look back, it's like the bad news bears against the Yankees or, or something. Yeah, right. Worse. But um, yeah, so everything started going sideways and south real quick. And we saw all these attacks. And and the thing is, you know, not only so what I think is that now that I look back, what was what's a foregone conclusion, it was never going to be approved by the FDA or NIH. No one was ever going to no regulatory agency was ever going to recommend it. Um, that's clear. And I, I base that on the fact that those agencies have been captured de- decades ago. They, they do not do stuff that goes against farmers' interest. Wow. But the second thing is. Ivermectin also threatened their public enemy number one, which was vaccine hesitancy amongst the population. So if Ivermectin was recognized and could be discussed on YouTube, you could hear from doctors and patients telling how well they do with Ivermectin. If that became common knowledge, talk about the vaccine uptake then, Shannon, right? You're seeing how it crashed now. There's reasons for that. But had people known about the Ivermectin's efficacy, you know, millions would have never showed up for their shots. And they knew that. So not only did they have to, they, they, you know, they, they weren't going to accept at the regulatory level, but they had to demolish it in the media. And th- those are some of the, you know, and let me just say, say briefly, I'll summarize. So what my book does is I trace, it's sort of a autobiographical. I trace my journey, my intellectual political journey, like everything I learned and saw through my expertise in COVID. But then Ivermectin, what I do is I present that as a almost like as a case study in disinformation, which is what the pharmaceutical mm. industry is expert at. And Ooh. I'm very specific in the disinformation that I talk about, which is, you know, what happened- Why don't we do this? Why don't we yeah. go? Let's get into the disinformation when we come back, exactly how they do it, because people need to understand this. They are highly, highly manipulative and knowledge is power. And when people understand the tactics and techniques, then they can battle it from their own corner of the world. And I think that's what you've provided. So 
When we return, uh, we are going to be joined by our new friend, Dr. Pierre Corey. He is, um, you can find his practice. Actually, he is the founder of the Leading Edge Clinic. You can find them at drpierrecorey.com or just Google Leading Edge Clinic. They are seeing patients all over the country and doing really great work helping people heal from long COVID and also um, COVID-19 vaccine uh, injury also, you can find his uh, Substack is Medical Musings from Dr. Pierre Corey. And we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the 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 tactics and the techniques of the cartel, the pharmaceutical industry. They are um, prolific. They have an enormous amount of time and money to deceive not just Americans, but people across the country. And they need to be challenged. And that's why we do this every day. We'll be back in a moment right here on the Shannon Joy Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. Quick shout out to one of our favored sponsors, the folks over at The Wellness Company. We are so thankful for the work that they're doing, and they are helping people uh, strengthen their immune systems as we move into the cold and flu season and we move into a season where the government and the pharmaceutical industry and all of the medical establishments seeks to frighten us over this variant or that variant, people can have peace of mind knowing that their immune systems are healthy. And I love the product. I take the spike support over um, that, that they provide at the wellness company every single day. It features natokinase, which is one of the only substances proven to break down the that spike protein. And it's just a great prophylactic to keep your immune system pumping as we move into um, the, the cold and flu season. And also, you know, we don't ever want to live in fear and they want us in fear. That's how they control us. And so when you are prepared, when you have um, all your ducks in a row, it's much, much harder for them to shove us back into lockdown. So please go to getwellwithshannonjoy.com. That is getwellwithshannonjoy.com. You can see all of their services and their products. And again, they are uh, generous sponsors of the Shannon Joy Show. And we couldn't do this every day if it weren't for them. We are joined by hopefully um, a regular guest on the Shannon Joy Show, Dr. P. You like how I did that, Dr. Corey? <laughs> I'll ask you on air, right? That way you can't say no. <laughs> But Dr. Pierre Corey, it, he is the author of The War on Ivermectin, the medicine that saved millions and could have ended the pandemic. We're going to talk about the scope of the death and destruction that um, has emerged in the U.S. because of the withholding of ivermectin from government bureaucrats and medical institutions in a, in a minute with Dr. Corey. But I do want to go into, you studied the disinformation. You studied the tactics and the techniques in this book of the pharmaceutical industry and also the medical establishment, how they use disinformation to, um, you know, maybe suppress certain very effective protocols that could keep people safe and, and save lives, but also demonize and go after individuals threatening them who dare to speak out, people like yourself. It's very, very disturbing. But what did you find? Yeah, so I, I I like to tell a story of of what you know. So you and I were talking earlier about you know what happened in the wake of my testimony, and you know then our, our paper got retracted. We we're getting hit jobs in the media, but what happened is about three months after that testimony, I got an email one morning. It was from um, a professor, William B. Grant. He's one of the most published researchers on vitamin D in the world, and he wrote me a two line email. Didn't know who he was. He just yeah. said, "Dear Dr. Corey." 
what they're doing to ivermectin, they've been doing to vitamin D for decades and included a link to an article called the disinformation playbook. And your listeners and viewers could could Google it still on Google. Um, But if you go there, it's this article written by the Union for Concerned Scientists, and they wrote it in 2017. And start to look at this article. And it just blew my mind. Like I I literally suddenly the world shifted for me because what did what the disinformation playbook describes, it describes the tactics that industries employ when science emerges that's inconvenient to their interests. Hmm. And then it's all of these case examples of disinformation campaigns that various industries have done. It's coal and gas, energy, agriculture. They'll all do it when there's bad science like Monsanto or whatever. I mean, they're all doing this. Pharma, in my opinion, is the most skilled practitioner, the most devastating one. But the tactics, and you kind of brought up some of them, but they're named after American football plays. It's called like the fix, the fake, the screen, the diversion, the blitz. For instance, the way they go after doctors, it's called the blitz. That is what they do. They harass and go after any scientist who's behind that inconvenient science. And so this is what, you know, we can almost laugh, Jen, is that literally I didn't know that I was like sticking my head out above the ground to get blitzed by the entire pharmaceutical industry. And like I told you, like when, when you search for my practice on Google, you can't find it. It's just hundreds of articles of hit jobs on me. And so that's only one thing they did. But as I was reading the tactics and seeing examples, I suddenly everything made sense. The last four months of my life made perfect sense. And that's the day I knew that we were in a global war and it was the pharmaceutical industry that was trying to destroy all evidence of efficacy of ivermectin. And once I knew that, that was the day I kind of made a commitment to myself that I was going to document everything because I'd already been documenting all the weird stuff that was happening. But then I did it in a much more organized systematic fashion. I said, I I have to write a book about this. People need to know not only what they do, why they do it, but how they do it. And so in the book, I, I very carefully detail every single aspect and every tactic they deployed and they pulled out all the stops. They they used every one of those tactics and they invented new ones that weren't even described. So for instance, for me, the censorship by huge media companies and social media where like literally in the community guidelines of YouTube from very early in the pandemic, right there in the community guidelines said, basically, I'm going to paraphrase, thou mm-hmm. shalt not discuss hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin on on YouTube. Like you could not mention those words. And don't you think that's weird too? The safest medicines in history with really yes. good science supporting their possible efficacy and literally right. they're outlawing discussion. And that's early, right? So so that's kind of a new tactic, which is this massive censorship, let alone the propaganda. But anyway, that day I proceeded to kind of catalog and detail and um you know, it's it's all in the book. And I think one of the things that readers will take away from the book is is all of the devastating actions they took and how impactful they were. And yeah. it really was a war. And, you know, we fought in that war, myself and my organization. I think we did a really good job. You know, the title is called The War on Ivermectin. And it's the subtitle is The Medicine That Saved Millions and Could Have Ended the Pandemic because we did save yeah. millions. Information got out to a good portion of the world, all around the world were heard from doctors, other organizations similar to ours. I mean, but in each country, and now I have this worldwide network of really great uh, researchers, analysts, doctors, 
It's the same story everywhere, whether you were in Norway or France or Italy or forget Australia, New Zealand, Canada were the worst. But yeah. like, literally, that was the other thing that I think in this in, in the new age of disinformation with how consolidated media is and, and the capture of literally all of our government's agencies by industry, yeah. they can they can get you to believe and do whatever you want, because. Remember, my my favorite definition of propaganda is that it's a story or a message mm. that gets you to think or act in a certain way. And they used a lot of messaging to get you to believe that, A, it didn't work. It's a horse dewormer. Uh, it's dangerous. I mean, they threw everything at the population, the global population, getting them to stay away from ivermectin. Not everyone listened, um, right. but that, that was kind of the nature of the war. They They had to get rid of ivermectin. Thanks for listening to The Shannon Joy Show. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, I am so psyched to be working with the folks over at Colonial Metals Group. You guys know that I am all about personal empowerment, never living in fear or waiting for some politician to save you. Being at the whim of the stock market or the current administration does not make me feel safe or secure, but having a self-directed IRA where I can safely store physical gold and silver assets that have stood the test of time makes a lot of sense to me. Let the team of experts at CMG help you protect your family's future. Maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you're already in a 401k or an IRA, or maybe you're thinking about your parents' retirement. Regardless of your situation, Colonial Metals Group can help. We put together a special offer for this audience. Click on the link in the description below or call 888-705-0950. That's 888-705-0950 and you'll be eligible to receive a free safe and up to $10,000 in free silver. Don't sit around waiting for a politician to save you. Save yourself, protect your wealth, and call Colonial Metals Group today. Well, somehow your messaging got out. There were enough of us, enough of you at the time to really push um, forward the use of ivermectin. Now it's widely used. Yep. In fact, the government has even admitted the FDA is now acknowledging ivermectin as a, a protocol for COVID-19. That must have blew, blown your mind, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah, after I mean all this, right? We, we, we got them in court. So my partner, Paul Merrick, is one of the plaintiffs in that lawsuit. And okay. that hearing, you know, a week ago or 10 days ago was a big win. I mean, the FDA lawyer looked like an absolute fool, but they had to mention in public that we always had the right to prescribe ivermectin. It's off-label prescribed and there's nothing wrong with it. Now, they're, they're not approving it. They're not admitting that they approved it, but they they are admitting that um, we always had the right and their influence actually was wrong. That That's what we think. And that's what I think the judge thinks. But um, right. anyway, yeah, I think that was a big win. And yeah. uh, it cuts, cuts through some of the stuff that, that happened, cover some of the lies. Oh, I mean, those are though those are the razor's edge battles, though, that need to be won, right? As we as we continue to, to consolidate this medical freedom coalition and begin to kind of 
muscle our way into public discourse. We still haven't gotten there. You still are, we still aren't having these discussions on mainstream news media outlet, but hopefully, you know, I'm hoping the candidacy of RFK Jr. and also the candidacy of Ron DeSantis, both who are kind of outside of the, the, the typical dogma coming from the federal government, both political parties, we can, we can continue to move this. And it really is just hearts and minds reaching as many people as you can, you can reach and just proclaiming this message of truth. I wanted to ask you about their their tactics. Um, I love how you explain it, the football, you know, the fix, the fake, the screen, the blitz. That's that's insane that they have names, right? But who's writing this stuff? Do you have an idea? Like there are yes. there are there, there's guidance out there to medical doctors and influencers and you know, the, the big medical institutions and in, in the publications where they literally step-by-step explain how to do this. But is it the government? Is it pharma executives? It's like, what? who's the who behind all of, yeah. So yeah, I I can't say definitively, but I I will say who I think it is. So basically, if you look at disinformation tactics in these campaigns, they were actually pioneered in the 1950s by the tobacco industry, who used them Mm. successfully for 50 years, right? To try to convince people that cigarettes were not bad for your health, right? So that that, that they actually pioneered the entire deployment. But guess who invented it for the tobacco industry? It was a PR firm. Mm. This is public relations. So when Bernays, Bernays. There you go. And so <laughs> you're asking like who's coordinating the actions of these agencies and meeting? It's it's PR. And okay. I maintain in that book that I believe the PR agency that's responsible for the entire war is a PR agency called Weber Shanwick. Because if you've ever heard their name before, there's been a lot of articles more recently, is that they're literally clients of Moderna, Pfizer, and the CDC. Wow. They're they're not clients. Those are clients of theirs. So they literally have people embedded in the CDC, Moderna, and Pfizer. And they're literally working for the pharmaceuticals, that that to me is the link. And they know how to create the stories, the messages, how to get them out there. And I I even detail, so that I have a chapter in the book called the Horse Dewormer PR Campaign, because Shannon, that was a PR campaign. And I detail what triggered it, what the sequence of events that led to it. And you know what triggered it? It was August of 2021. Data came out showing that ivermectin prescriptions were hitting 90,000 a week in the United States. That spooked the other side. Yeah. I believe that our campaign had always been designed. They had it at the ready. And when that data came out showing that 90,000 prescriptions a week, that's just retail pharmacies. Right. People were figuring out. Doctors were prescribing. It. So right. boom. First thing they did was the CDC sent out a memo to every state department of health telling them that they're getting reports of ivermectin overdoses and poisonings and that it's a dangerous drug. And then that every license- And no numbers. They're just getting reports. It's always so vague, isn't it? Maybe it was one report. No, it was actually, it was actually, that was actually erroneous data that they put in that memo. Like they said, there's all these increases in, and and you have to watch the language of that. There's an increase in calls to poison control. It's not like increase in hospital admissions, right? It's like calls because someone has a question. Maybe they took an animal formulation or took too much or whatever. So anyway, we, uh, a couple of investigative journalists actually dug deep into what was in that original memo and it was actually completely misrepresented data. So that was the first thing. And then the FDA follows with their horse tweet a few days later, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Then you start to see the media, you know, horse dewormer articles and then late night talk show hosts, daytime newscasters, you know, newspaper headlines, never calling it ivermectin. They all got the memo, Shannon. It's a horse dewormer. It's not ivermectin. And you saw that going on for two weeks. And then, and I kind of make a joke about this in the book, but guess who decides to get COVID right in the middle of that PR campaign? Mr. Joe Rogan, right? So you remember how he was like a flashback. This war because he literally decides to get ivermectin like 10 days into this campaign, which went on for several weeks. A friend of mine told me a, a trick, which is he says, you can recognize propaganda or narrative uh, by the following, which is something that is uh, that goes for two weeks on four different media sources. Mm-hmm. And relentless messaging. And you yeah. saw that horse dewormer thing go so hard. They, I think they ran that out to three to four weeks, but yeah. it was a complete PR campaign. And those are some of the tactics that they do. Yeah, when you see the the keywords, when you see the key phrases and they are repeated again and again on those different outlets, that's really a great, you know, you really have to get, I call it my um, propaganda, because my radar is up. Like it's just, I mean, I was in marketing and advertising for 15 years prior to launching my show. So I know a campaign, when I see a campaign, it was one of my first clues in 2020 that there is something really amiss about COVID-19 because the messaging was just so on point and it was so ubiquitous. From Italy to the UK to Australia to the United States of America, it was the same messaging, the codes, the reds, the yellows, six feet social distance, mask up. We're all in this together, man. It was all of it. Behaviors of the agencies, their proclamations, their their documents where they kind of compile the evidence around different therapeutics and they completely misrepresent and distort the evidence all done so similarly and yeah. it shows you the consolidation of control of of the media yeah uh, it's you know literally i think all of the world's media can be traced to like maybe four or five companies sure you know? sure so and you're right so. it's all public relations in fact propaganda was the book that was written by edward bernays he was highly influ- influential turn of the century and influenced much of the nazi propaganda that came to the for in the 1930s and 40s. So this type of PR and messaging, I would tell you guys, propaganda is a must read. That was one that I read a couple of times to understand the nature of, of how we are manipulated. And um, really the, 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 the first step in beating back the propaganda is knowledge that it's there and knowledge of some of the tactics and the techniques, which is why I'm so thankful for your research and your reporting. We're talking to Dr. Pierre Corey tonight, drpierrecorey.com. That is the site of his clinic where he's seeing um, so many patients across the country. It's the leading edge clinic if you want to Google it. He's also the author of The War on Ivermectin, the medicine that saved millions and could have ended the pandemic. When we come back, I'd like to talk about the scope. We recently have um, reports of skyrocketing all-cause mortality, which is devastating in and of itself. We're not seeing a lag in that. We're not seeing that dissipate. If anything, it's getting worse and even more concerning Recent numbers are showing that young people between the ages of 25 and 44 are now um, included in that category. It's devastating. The only correlation that you can really draw is the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines, which some are beginning to call bioweapons. I'd love to get your thoughts, Dr. Corey, when we come back on this disturbing information that doesn't seem to be getting better. We'll be back in a moment right here on The Shannon Joy Show. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. Quick shout out to Augusta Precious Metals. We're so thankful for their sponsorship here in the Shannon Joy Show. As we move into more chaotic times, people are really suffering economically ever since the lockdowns and the transfer of wealth uh, to from you know small to medium-sized businesses in the middle class to these Uber corporations, the Walmarts and the tech corporations during the lockdowns of 2020 and 21. Um, it's set in motion um, very troubling economic signals. And people are beginning to feel it from inflation. Um, they're looking at their 401ks and their Roth IRAs and they're seeing them lose value. We have meddling with the currencies. We have the threat of central banking digital currencies on the horizon, and we don't know what kind of economic manipulations and economic terrorism, frankly, to expect over the next year and a half. But we know they're playing for keeps. And again, the rule of the game is preparation. This is why so many Americans are investing in gold and silver, not just physical gold and silver, but also um, in their IRAs and Roth uh, or their, their Roth IRAs. So most people don't realize, but you can invest into your retirement and back it with physical gold and silver. And this is what they do. This is what they specialize in over at Augusta Precious Metals. We know that gold and silver have a relationship to chaos and tumult. When governments go bonkers, gold and silver tends to retain and even gain in value. And so until the government stops doing crazy things and all of this uncertainty abates, you can know that an investment in gold and silver is going to be safe and it's going to hold its value. It has for 4,000 years of human history and it will continue to do so. So please go and text JOY to 68592. That's 68592. So you can get your free gold guide and the folks over at Augusta Precious Metals will get you started. I love them because they are not high pressure sellers and they don't doom sell. So it isn't, you know, scare the pants off of you to get you to get invested. They are all about education. So they're going to give you all of the information you need, and then you're going to make a decision as to whether or not this is right for you. And that's why I chose this company to partner with. It's why we have a great long-term relationship, and I'm thrilled to have them as sponsors of the Shannon Joy Show. So again, JOY to 68592, text JOY to 68592, and you're going to get your free gold guide. It'll get you started. And then you can connect with the folks over at Augusta Precious Metals or just go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Okay, long lead in, Dr. Pierre Corey. Thank you for being so patient. I just love the folks over there. Like I love their selling philosophy and I can't say enough good things about them. Um, but I'm thankful for what you're doing as well. Um, you know, just treating so many Americans, especially in um, long haul COVID and also uh, COVID-19 vaccine injury with your clinic, the Leading Edge Clinic. Make sure you guys Google that. Um, they can help people all over the country. You can also go to P drpierrecorey.com. That's drpierrecorey.com. And so much of your protocol, I mean, we're talking about ivermectin today, and I really haven't done a deep dive on ivermectin, which is why I'm kind of glad to have you here in the program. We're going to be talking about the, the spike in all-cause mortality, which is absolutely tragic in a moment. But I'm beginning to see not only is ivermectin very effective in treating COVID-19 and also helping to treat COVID-19 vaccine injury, there are so many other health benefits in general. I've even talked to people, Dr. Corey, who are on daily ivermectin protocols as a prophylactic and to treat other illnesses as well. What are you finding about ivermectin that you see is so promising in the in, in terms of treating illness in the future? 
Yeah, yeah. So besides the fact, right, that most people know it was one of the most phenomenal antiparasitic drugs, uh, right? It, it really rid the world of two important diseases. That's why the discoverers won the Nobel Prize. Wow. And then we find out that it's a broad antiviral. In fact, when we started seeing the trials on ivermectin and COVID, I immediately, with my partner, Paul, we started writing this comprehensive review paper, and I was shocked to find 10 years of in vitro studies of ivermectin's efficacy against uh, West Nile, dengue, Zika, uh, influenza, HIV. I mean, it has immense antiviral impacts. And then start to come to find out it has in a number of anti-tumor properties, anti-cancer properties, and people have used it effectively in animals as well as humans. Now, that's mm. that, those applications, there's much less clinical data. There's really good kind of basic science mechanistic data. There's mm -hmm. not really any kind of big trials to rely on, but lots of testimonials of it as, uh, as an anti-cancer agent. And then, you know, dermatologists have used it for chronic inflammatory conditions and different skin, skin diseases. And so... Um, it, it really and 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 what's what's amazing about it. And this is why the discoverer who won the Nobel Prize, Professor Satoshi Omura, in his in his acceptance speech, he called it the wonder drug because I don't think in history you have any example of a medicine which has this many different positive mechanisms right. and is literally. I think it is the safest medicine we have in history because you, you, it's safer than aspirin. You look at any of the adverse side effects or anything like that. There's nothing that comes close to ivermectin. Billions of doses have been given. It's so well tolerated. Um, and so it, it's really this incredible medicine. But I, I think its future, I was going to say its future is bright. But um, now that I started the war on ivermectin, uh, they're going to, you know, as soon as someone starts to pr try to bring forth data on how well it works in cancer, and that is a big bear you're going to poke there. You know, yes. we yep. poke the pharmaceutical industry around COVID. You, you want to try to try to do something, a cheap repurposed drug for cancer, uh, your life will get difficult real fast and take it from me. <laughs> well, I love I love how bold you are. You're like, let's go poke that bear. Let's go do that. <laughs> and I love that. I have a friend uh I went to dinner. My husband and I went to dinner with our pastor um uh, last week and um they were talking about knowing people who are using it on a daily they use it every day. They're in their 50s and they don't have joint pain anymore. Like they were struggling with joint pain for ages. They went on a little, a daily, you know, low level protocol and they have found among other things, but they have found that their health in general. Um, I, I heard another story about um, someone who had, you know, chronic migraines and she began taking it um, as a daily prophylactic and it's just anti-inflammatory boosts the immune system. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it has like 20 uh, beneficial mechanisms mechanisms of action, either interrupting viral enzymes or anti-inflammatory, reducing inflammatory uh, markers, cytokines. Yeah. It's, it really is. Like you said, it is an amazing medicine. Yeah. Well, go to uh, getwellwithshannonjoy.com. Just quick plug. We have uh, the medical emergency kit over at the wellness company has ivermectin. It's the only medical emergency kit uh, kit in the country that features um, a, you know, a dose of ivermectin. And so I recommend everyone have those in their homes. Um, get well with shannonjoy.com. Dr. Corey, can we talk about all-cause mortality? Um, this is this is tragic. Um, I pulled this up from InfoWars. All-cause mortality is up by a whopping 45% in zero to 24 age groups since COVID-19 vaccine rollout. And this is according to CDC data. 
that has just emerged. Uh, babies, toddlers, teenagers, and young adults up to 24 years old are dying at 45% above historical levels um, since the COVID-19 vaccines were introduced. What are your thoughts on that? So that, That's data that we've known for quite a long time. Those of us who've been studying and following the vaccines, uh, you know, Steve Kirsch of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, I would say a year and a half ago, already had done analyses based on VAERS, right? Looking at the death yeah. reports and VAERS and understanding that all of VAERS reports have a huge under-reporting factor. So yes. every time a side effect shows up in VAERS, the real actual incidence of side effects can be as much as 100 to every report. And That's so right. there's some very cle- clever statistical and mathematical models you can use. And he used about eight different models. But the average estimate, this is a year ago, of how many deaths have been caused were about 300,000. And we're we're a long time into this now. So the other thing I want to mention is, did you see that I published an op-ed on this topic last week in USA Today? Okay. Yes. Yes. I saw that, but I didn't. Yeah, go. Yeah. So um, myself and a a colleague, a friend, uh, Mary Beth Pfeiffer, she's an investigative journalist. And she came to me with the idea because we've all been trouble and we're seeing so much death with these vaccines. And we finally, we wrote an op-ed where we brought forth all the data. And all we did in this op-ed is we asked the question, what is killing people? Mm. And really what's killing our young people to an extent that has never happened in history. So you brought up that 45% increase in deaths. So let's talk about what excess mortality is, right? So actuarial life insurance industry, right? This is how they make their money. They're experts at studying rates of accidents, deaths, disease, right? Disability. And those rates tend to be stable over time, particularly for young people. If they do change, they change over years, right? right? And what they started reporting in late 2021 is they said they had never seen death rates like they'd been seeing at the end of 2021. They, they gave the example that a year-to-year rise of 10% in the mortality rate of a population is a one in 200-year event. Ah. And they were measuring a 30, at, at that time, a 38% rise in death of working age, working age Americans. And then when you drill a little deeper into that data, you see where the rises start and they explode in the third quarter of 2021. And so they they said they've never seen this much dying dying in their industry. And it's the youngest Americans. And then if you dive a little deeper into that, you start to see that white collar workers started dying at much higher rates than blue collar or gray collar. Gray collar is kind of in between like teachers and whatnot. Right. And so the only thing you're left with, and you already mentioned that there's no other possible explanation for the sudden rise, the magnitude of the rise, because September of 2021, that's when the proliferation of university, corporate, and government mandates. I mean, suddenly the whole country is being mandated. All of these young people, many of whom had uh, already recovered from COVID and who had no risk from COVID, are being forced to get these experimental vaccines. And you start to see it. And we've seen it. You don't even need to look at this data. Just look at the newspaper. The the daily reports of young people dying in full health on ball fields or just found dead in their sleep. Mm. You start to hear reports of paramedics going to houses of young people found dead. And every time they went there, they heard that the kid had been vaccinated a day, two, three days earlier. And so- we, we we have plenty of, of support to know what it's called. There's nothing else that did it. And by the way, 
Those rates and those explosions also are mirrored in the government data on disability. So it's not just deaths, it's deaths and disabilities start to skyrocket with these vaccines. And, you know, we got this in USA Today. One thing that's not mentioned in that op-ed is the word vaccine, because Shannon... It's not my first rodeo. There's no way we would have ever gotten that published if we called attention to the possibilities of the vaccine. So we just asked the question, why isn't anyone looking at this? We are seeing a historic, you know, humanitarian catastrophe affecting our youngest and healthiest in in our society. And no one's asking the questions. There's, There's no major investigation. Congress hasn't done anything about it. And even the life insurance industry, you know, I, I, I wrote about this on my Substack is, I was invited to a meeting with uh, about a dozen and a half life insurance industry executives or their representatives. Oh, wow. And it was myself, some colleagues, Robert Malone was there, uh, Aaron Cariotti was there. And we spoke to this group and we showed them all the data that we we're having, showing those vaccines. They, they, they could see their data in their own companies. Right. But I will tell you, at that Zoom meeting, Shannon, almost every camera was turned off. Not one person said a word. There was two people who spoke. One was the chief actuary of a of a big company, and uh, she was actually, or uh, they were actually unvaccinated. And then another one was a senior uh, life insurance industry regulator. And they asked a lot of questions, but everybody else was quiet. Yeah. And our hopes, we had gotten this meeting together uh, because our hopes were that this industry might be the one answer to this, that might want to step forward right. and actually maybe do a press conference or a press release to try to bring attention to how many people were dying. And uh, Shannon, that never happened. That that industry is not the industry that's going to do it, which is a okay. shame. That is a shame. Yeah. Historically, in life insurance, they have pioneered safety measures and regulations for maritime safety, electrical safety, building codes, automobiles, right? They when when people start to get injured and die from various things in society, life insurance industry has really been leaders in right. in, in policy and legislation. And right. here they're silent still. They're still that, silent. That is astounding. And and to your point, so that the, the audience is understanding here, uh, these life insurance companies have to pay out death benefits. So if you have a situation where there is this this absolutely astounding jump in in all-cause mortality and the death rate, that is going to hit them at their bottom line, which actually Dr. Corey makes it astounding that they wouldn't they wouldn't consider suing vaccine manufacturers because listen, why should they be paying out the death benefit? If it's the vaccine manufacturers and the FDA committing the fraud causing the deaths, you'd think there'd be a knockdown drag out there. No kidding. And, and when you think about who they're paying the benefits on, right? So a 24-year-old, how how much premium has that has that person paid into their company? Very little. When not you exactly. You're paying them a full life death benefit. It's not like an 80-year-old who died who maybe you paid into their premium their entire life, right? So so yeah, why aren't they doing that? And I think. Some of it is we we're in a very strange time historically. I think, yeah, you know, War. they can't War. really step out. I mean, look, I stepped out. Look what happened to me, and well, I'm still alive. But they they would be entering a war, and they yeah. they could get destroyed. And the second thing is is I think they can just pass that along over time to the customers. We're all going to be paying for this in higher life insurance premiums. It's it in so many ways. This is why we have. This is why we have to penetrate the political process and and push forward people like RFK Jr. 
and DeSantis, because at least those two candidates are the only ones talking about this. And I'm an independent, so you can vote for whoever you want to. I just know that we've got to have these discussions pushed through into the political realm so that they get then get pushed out into the mainstream media. Because right now, and, and congratulations to you on getting that piece, asking the question about all-cause all mortality in USA Today. I agree with you 100%. If the word vaccine was in that piece, they wouldn't have run it. But kudos to you for understanding what their game is and getting the truth out in a way that you can. And that's what we need to do. We have to be savvy about these things and continue the discussion. We just have to continue pushing the discussion out and having these conversations and grabbing as many people as we can one at a time and just not give up. And I'm convinced that if we continue to not give up and push this out, eventually we will hit that tipping point. Um, we will hit the tipping point where it all topples and people will be astounded at all of the truth that comes out. But I think we're close. I think we are close. We'll be back in a moment to con continue this conversation with Dr. Pierre Corey. Welcome back, everyone, to the Shannon Joy Show. Make sure you go to summitfortruth.com, summitfortruth.com. We are so thrilled. We have Dr. Robert Malone. We have Dr. Naomi Wolf. We have our good friend Jeffrey Tucker over at the Brownstone Institute coming to Rochester, New York on October 21st for our second Summit for Truth. We had, as you all know, an amazing time with Dr. Peter McCullough and Steve Kirsch last uh, spring, packed what, 12, 1300 people into the beautiful uh, Bethel Christian Fellowship in Rochester, New York. And we're going to do it again. Go to summitfortruth.com to get all the information and get your tickets, summitfortruth.com. There are some other individuals who I'd like to invite as well, but we're not going to release that yet. We're just going to keep that uh, tucked away in our sleeve. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, Shannon, I Shannon, you had me at hello. Okay. I'm here for you. <laughs> So exciting. I would love, you know, when I talk to people about who they want me to bring in, your name is always at the top of the list because you have done um, what so few chose to do. And we know the list of names of people who who stood up. They, you put your, your own career, your own livelihood, your own financial interests on the line to stand up and to tell people the truth. And we so appreciate that. I can't tell you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, and I also have to say at FLCCC, um, we had a couple situations, uh, just the information on the protocols and um, ivermectin, you know, being able to get that to people. It saved so many lives, so many lives. And, you know, the, the scope, this is what kills me about all of this is that, you know, when you look at the number of people who who would have lived, who had COVID-19, ended up going on the death protocol of remdesivir plus a ventilator and then eventual death. All of those individuals, plus all of the people who, um, you know, could have, you know, survived if it weren't for, you know, the, the withholding of ivermectin. It's just tragic. It, it's tragic to think of the number of lives that could have been saved, you know? It, and that's that's what I had to that you know I had a front row seat in that war and I had to watch the devastation throughout and um, we didn't falter there were days there I had some really bad days there were days where I was just yeah. tired of everything um, but yeah there was no other choice I mean we had to keep pushing forward when when you know something is life saving you're a physician uh, I mean you have a moral and ethical responsibility to get that information out there I mean you can't just watch the dying and be quiet 
And yeah. because I was an expert, I knew how effective it was. Um, it's essentially what I devoted my life to throughout COVID was trying to get that good information out there. And um, I think myself, my partners, and I want to give credit to the FLCCC because it, it wasn't just me and Paul Merrick, but you know, we had donors that came in, gave us money, we were able to hire a team. And awesome. we, we even had our own PR, uh, uh, you know, team that helped us. And because it, it was a war of information and and we needed a lot of help. And we had a lot of people that came out and supported us. So it, I want to make sure that I, I, I call attention to how, how helpful uh, our team was. Oh, sure. And um, where do you think we are in terms of this war? Because, you know, you talk about a war in Ivermectin. Um, I've been on a war footing for quite some time. Even Dr. Robert Malone was in with us uh, last week um, mentioning that, you know, he he can't see it. it, it it's too coordinated. It is, it's there, there are too many players, too much money involved here to think it's anything other than a, a full on war on humanity that we're engaged in right now. I was going to say that it's the war on us and our, us as a society that's continuing, but the war yeah. on Ivermectin, I believe is over and that we fought it to a stalemate. And the, what I mean by okay. that is that all the doctors who to this day believe that it's a horse dewormer, have never used it, don't mind that it was uh, that pharmacists don't fill it, uh, don't believe it works. Those doctors who've never used it will not start to use it. That's done. Right. And that's probably the vast majority of physicians globally. Okay. But a very large contingent um, all across the world and in this country who know that it's effective, have used it, will continue to use it. Yeah. So you know, again, my my hopes and dreams were that it would be widely recognized and systematically deployed in prevention and treatment. That didn't happen. But I will say we got to a fair amount of the globe. You know, I can't put a number on it, but I, I know from every country there was little organizations like mine putting out sure. protocols and the knowledge and and a lot of people were listening. And um, but but I think for most people, the subject of ivermectin is done. Either you believe it doesn't work you believe it works. And, you know, there was a tweet I tweeted the other day, which is really clever. I thought um, someone tweeted that, you know, um, ivermectin was thought to be effective for COVID. Some doctors used it and found it worked really well. Other doctors read that it didn't work, never used it, and they think it don't work. You know, patients heard that it worked, used it, and did really well. Other patients read that it didn't work and haven't used it. Basically, like, that's literally what it is. You have a whole bunch of people found out it worked. A whole bunch of people are convinced to no end that it doesn't work. So, yeah. Well, it is a war of perceptions. It's information. And I mean, it's just fascinating to watch. I consider myself to be a a cultural anthropologist just watching this. Like, you know, when is it going to tip? You mentioned that the larger war is still ongoing. This war against humanity, um, I do believe it is an elite group of people who believe that they should control everyone and everything, all land, all water, um, that they are the the chosen nobility of the 21st century. And a lot of this is putting us through the paces, training us to be subjects, not citizens, training us to um, you know become acclimated to forced masking, forced injection, uh, total surveillance and total control. What do you see on the horizon um, in the next year or so, Dr. Corey? And how are you preparing for, for the next round of all of this? Yeah. So you're right. This, the war continues and it really is boiled down to nothing novel about it, right? It's profits and power. Yep. Um, I would say their abilities to realize those profits and power with the consolidation of media and information and the agencies is 
is unparalleled. And yeah. what do I see? Well, we started off our conversation talking about the recent uh, the recent hype and drama over this supposed new variant, right? They're trying to do COVID 2.0. I mean, COVID was immensely successful yeah. for a group of, I hate using the word elites because you just sound like you're, you know, yeah. uh, a lot, but for a, a group of very powerful interests, we're enormously possible. Right? We talk about the wealth transfer, yes. especially the powers to governments and the way governments intervened in our lives. And so there's this precedent of immense profits and power. And now that they're seeing those profits and power sag, right? We're no longer in a state of emergency. No one's taking the vaccines. Now they're trying to do 2.0. Now, and it, they're trying to do it with COVID, which I don't think is going to work very well. What I'm really scared of, this whole infectious disease pandemic, which allows governments and healthcare authorities to, to really gain so much power, yeah. could be another virus, right? You know, remember monkeypox? I think that was a lame attempt to do a new one. I um, think then so too. Your centers of Marburg and right, yeah. like other. They're going to keep using the same, you know, model to do what they want to do. And I, I think they will because it's been so successful. My hopes are that as long as we keep fighting, yeah. we're going to teach enough people to be wary, spot the propaganda, realize when you're being lied to or manipulated and and do not comply. Ultimately, we are all responsible. I believe now we do not comply. When they start doing these mass things, right. no way. We have to have enough of us to say enough and just don't do it. Don't comply. And so that, that's one thought. And then I don't know what the rest of the future holds. I, I do think uh, I'll give, give a general statement. I don't know if it's a direct answer to your question, but I think going forward, the idea of us reforming or taking back our government or our mm -hmm. agencies, I just don't see that happening. I do think that the way forward is a parallel system I of media, independent media. Um, and also independent groups of authorities, medical authority, like for instance, not only my group, others sure. that are free from pharmaceutical industry inference are not commercial. We don't make money off of medicines yeah. and we just give guidance. And I think, and as well as independent private medical practices, again, like my own and many other, we do telehealth all across the country. And awesome. a lot of people come to us because they can't get the kind of care that we provide anywhere else. And I think the more we, uh, almost like your gold and silver commercial, right? It's like, these are ways in which we can protect ourselves over the control of, of really important institutions of society, not only the financial system, but our medical system has been captured. It does not work in our service, right? Big Pharma has captured the entire medical system, including its research, including the agencies. And remember, Pharma has one responsibility, which is to their shareholders, mm. not to public health. Not to public health. That is not their primary responsibility. They're not confused about that. Their primary responsibility is to gain profits for their shareholders, and they are wickedly effective at doing that. And we need to take medicine back outside of that industry and commercial place and have a place where we can discuss, debate, advocate, and guide people how to yeah. stay healthy and keep healthy, free of commercial interests. And I just want people to recognize the importance of doing that going forward. I think you're absolutely right. The the parallel institutions, I think, is is absolutely critical. I encourage people. I don't think that we're going to be able to go into Washington, D.C. and reform anything. I think that the resistance is going to come from outside. It's why I'm a, an evangelist of localism, getting involved at the local level, you know, participating in general elections, but understanding your civic duty doesn't stop there. 
that you need to be at the the board meetings, the zoning meetings. You have to know what's going on at the local level because that's where they're implementing everything. And that's really where the brown shirts were, really. Like it, during during the lockdowns, it was it was local governments and local institutions. And yeah, I love FLCCC. I love what you're doing over um, with your company uh, as well. Like just, you know, I think that um, whatever, the leading edge. So make sure you guys Google the leading edge clinic because they are seeing patients. And I, just the more the merrier, right? The more gold companies, the more independent um, health practitioners and providers, this parallel economy, um, building that up and building each other up and growing our our um, associations, I think is going to be absolutely critical. I think it's everything, to be honest. I think that you are that you are spot on. And we do cover politics here on the program, and we're going to be covering the outsider candidates, obviously, RFK Jr. and DeSantis. But I tell my audience all the time, like, that they are not going to save us. They can't, one man can't go into Washington, D.C. and just fix everything. It's got to be we the people. We have to change first. And it's it's a lot of, you know, this is attributed to Alexis de Tocqueville and Democracy in America when when he went back to France and they asked him, you know, what, what's so great about America? Why are they so they so, you know, prosperous in this burgeoning economy? And he said, well, America is great because Americans are good because the American people care about civics. They're involved. They're sober. They're mindful. They're, they practice conscientious consumerism. They take very seriously the, the, the idea of self-governing from the local level. And that's really what his book detailed, is, was little towns and villages across the 13 colonies that, that practiced self-government and guarded that jealously from any type of outer sovereign or larger sovereign, whether it be at the state level or the national level. And I think we've forgotten that here in the country. We need to reclaim it. All right. Well, I cannot thank you so much, Dr. Pierre Corey, for being with us. I hope you'll be uh, a regular guest on the Shannon Joy Show. Ken, anytime. Reach out. I'm happy to have a conversation. It was great. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe the the quality and the caliber of people that I get to um, meet and learn from every single day. I want to thank you for everything you've done. Medical Musings is the subset for Dr. Pierre Corey. You can go to Dr. Pierre Corey with a K dot com to um, access his practice. He is the founder of the Leading Edge Clinic. They are seeing patients. They are helping Americans across the country through telemedicine. And uh, you can access all of their information at, um, if you Google the Leading Edge Clinic. Thank you so much. And I'm going to send you that invitation for October 21st, Summit for Truth. And um, hopefully we'll get a nice grouping here. Thank you so, so much. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right. And Owen Stevens, thank you so much for producing the Shannon Joy show tonight. We will be back tomorrow to do it all again right here on the Shannon Joy show. Hey, everyone. Shannon Joy for Connecta Mobile. So when I started my show 10 years ago, I would talk to my friends about privacy and the Fourth Amendment, and they would look at me like I had three heads. Now, fast forward to 2024, post-COVID, and everyone is talking about privacy. We are freaked out by AI, grossed out by government surveillance, and very aware that data is the new gold. Combine that with the new reality that your whole life and all of your data is on your phone and in the palm of your hands, making you a sitting duck for common hackers, corporate hustlers, or government spies. 
Are you going to let them get away with that? Well, I'm not. And that's why I use my Connecta mobile phone as the official business phone for Joy Media. That's because Connecta is the only phone company that specializes in security and privacy above all else. Call Connecta Mobile today and talk to a real person who lives in the United States about securing your devices and communications for as little as $35 a month. Their basic plan includes device encryption, encrypted text, and data, also a free phone. That's just the beginning. Call 941-246-2156 to talk to a representative. That's 941-246-2156. Or go to phone123.com slash joy today. That's phone123.com slash joy. Get securely connected today only with Connecta.